0: the meeting to order city of university Heights city council meeting today is february 13 2024 and we're all at the community center tonight um all council is present except for tim schroeder uh next order of business approval of minutes january 9th now you've circulated the minutes are there any uh additions or corrections to the minutes Hearing none, the minutes are approved by unanimous consent. Okay, now we'll have public input. Any comments from members of the public? I don't see anybody tonight. Okay. Uh, what I'd like to do is go to the mayor's report first. And I invited Mark Phelps tonight, our snow contractor. Mark, would you step up? And I I don't know if all the council know you. Probably not since we had a catastrophic snowfall occurring during the January 9th meeting, and most of us were in our homes on Zoom.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, so anyway, I invited you tonight because we had at least 28 inches of snow in about a week, mm-hmm. five days, and that's what we normally get all season Pretty cool, <laughs> and so i i i really wanted you to come and tell the council uh and i have you have the log up i want you to put up his log that he brought in the temperatures okay. and he can tell a little bit about what he did because uh, i think it's important for the council to know what you have been doing and the good work you've been doing for the city
2: okay so basically Obviously, everybody knows what happened. It came in really, really heavy and wet. started uh, that morning as people were getting home. And uh, our goal is is to kind of wait, treat what's there, and then go. You know, however, when you get stormed like that, and as heavy as it was, it is imperative that we stay on the dock. They don't have to log. we Our only alternative it is, is to give up like they do in some other communities on your side streets and then come in was really really huge you know wheel loaders of which we have that built in to the contract however the ground's not frozen and that was our one of my decisions to keep going the way we did is because when you bring in a 20,000 pound machine to clear off snow we can do some damage to curbs and everything else that we did and uh, that are not visible uh, when you're operating that so I think we did pretty well there's not any curves missing we didn't There's not a lot of damage inside the right-of-way anywhere. We just stayed on top of it that week. The first so that first like 16 hours, it was just heavy and wet. Then we got a break for a few hours and we got a snow spall that gave us a little bit more and then we got 10 to 12 inches depending upon where you were in town back on top of us and then the cold dived in and at that point just kind of maintain until because your snow removal your ice, your, your salts pretty much stopped working at about zero to negative five degrees ours is advertised that it goes to negative 25 but it doesn't that's just what they they, somebody says well we put this in the freezer and we got it to melt a drop at negative 25 but it really doesn't so then we're back out the wind was back on top of us and i think we did pretty well because that's the most we've ever fought inside of a a window 15 inches is a new a new top for us 13 was before and that was that was actually before we were doing anything for university heights so we've been doing it for 30 years so i keep track of how much there is so um,
0: you don't have the log is that in the i emailed it to you and attached it and told you about that I didn't get that
1: email.
2: in the I didn't okay, get that right. in the email. So if you guys have any questions about what we do or I can answer them for you. But that's that's our focus is is staying and maintain on top of it. And I, your guys' developments are well uh we rode around a little bit. On the end he evening. actually
0: invited me. See, you, said, Would you like to ride around and so we can look at the city? And, and so I said, uh, yeah, because <laughs> I hadn't been out for 20 So months. there's a
2: little difference between what we do here and then what we found in Iowa City. A huge difference. So when we go to side streets that are in Iowa City that are like inside of a blue or a green route, I mean, those people didn't get service until, I mean, maybe one truck came through and they really don't hit those other, those, I think they're blue and green routes until... Well, it snowed on the ninth. those probably didn't get touched until the sixteenth or the seventeenth of the next week. So
0: I think cars that weren't four-wheel drive would have a hard time. Oh, we just crossed Benton and went, you know, on those streets across west of sunset. Mm-hmm. similar streets to ours. and they might have been through maybe,
2: maybe maybe once, maybe once. Mm-hmm. and that was after, you know, when a lot of snow fell. And so we do come back, you know, the following day and retreat areas because you get to freeze and refreeze. And we slowed down quite a bit on those cold days because it wasn't, we only came out once because I knew it wasn't going to do anything. Um, then we got rain. And to my surprise, I thought we had things covered fairly well. And I was actually at a university property that I have different standards for because at 35 degrees and if there's any precipitation they want they treat it treated it, with- they and I was there and it started to get slick on me and it surprised me and I came here and luckily it was right because they didn't call school on the 24th. It was starting to freeze right at seven o'clock and it just froze. It wasn't uh, cold enough to freeze but the ground was cold enough from that snap. So those are the other things that we have to look at is what our ground temperatures are. The concrete does get colder and asphalt gets colder with your temperature once we clean it off. Probably I'll notice that the ground didn't really freeze anywhere in your yard. Everything was soft. So that snow acts as an insulator, but once we clean it off and you have that bare concrete, you can get frozen water lines, frozen sewers and everything else because they can penetrate. Snow is an excellent insulator.
0: And then we went by an officer on duty and he asked where would some of the snow piles that are, cause you know, we had 15.1 inches and then we had 12. And this is kind of that in between time, and to see the snow piles, where would be
2: the ones that you remove first? Yeah, we looked you- at we looked at removing some of the ones on the edges, but um, we did focus on Burkdale because it was that it's a coal sack, and we ended up hauling well, I think it was nine loads out of there just because a fire truck couldn't get in there. We almost had the fire hydrant buried, and there's just no place to put that. 28, 30 inches of snow. I mean, the streets are a little bit wider everywhere else. Um, so I mean, everybody gets upset with us because, oh, you know, you put it in my driveway. But if you have a better plan as to where we can put it magically, I will listen to it if it's real. So I mean, it's the one thing, the one thing that costs the city more money is you have a more than I'd like to see residents that continuously blow snow out into the streets so when you take the snow and you throw it back in the street and then we and it drags especially when we don't get it cleaned off and it's sticky and it's wet so you you know if you have a 20-foot driveway it'll drag 30 or 40 feet well then we have to come back at some point and clean it off that's the only thing that does that freeze or something it can freeze it can freeze it's just that it drags and it creates more slush on the streets that we don't need if we already have them perfectly cleaned off. The issues done on Melrose or your main thoroughfares, it's on the on the side streets. And it's the same people all the time. But that's that's just their personal belief in us. <laughs> and uh, they wait for us and they the second we're done, they put it back on the street.
0: And Mark responded quickly when the police called them. We did, when we had I Mark, called them. We had an incident. responded
2: quickly. We did, we had uh what was it? it? was a transit. Wasn't it true? Yeah. It came out twice the transit, transit was having trouble with the bus on sunset. And I feel we had a new transit driver where they had bulk tires. because <laughs> we <went> back, back. <laughs> It was the transition
3: area
4: where it goes from Iowa city. Yeah. And so
2: University. we treated it. We treated the whole street um because we were in question as to what section it was at that time. And We just came out and we treated it, but at that point it was already pretty super cold, and there was not much we could do other than provide traction because there was a little bit of uh, snow on the roads and, like I said, we did what we could at at that point, but I don't 100% think because nobody else had any problem but the transit.
0: Yeah, you did an excellent job considering
4: it was. Did you have a bunch of accidents? I believe we only had, we had two, and I think the, one of them was gone by the time the officer arrived. We did have a bunch of stranded vehicles that were right. we actually. We didn't
2: have very many that people got them off the road that we had to go around. At least I didn't hear about them. I wasn't always the one that was here because I have... Team. Andy and Todd are your crew yeah I have, and they I, did an excellent job too I have about 10 guys and Andy and Todd are my main ones and Mike's my other one I'm the cleanup guy to make sure everything looks good when we get done but Andy's usually the first here and so is Todd they're both in the bigger trucks and then they they bounce around as to where they're going and then we have smaller ones that come in and um, I'm on the end but when it's continuous like that which just they call and say we did this. We did this development, and we just somebody's. My daughter rides with me, so she's keeping track of the times of where we've been, and we like, Okay, we haven't, in, <laughs> we haven't been to U Heights in three. We haven't been to you Heights in three hours. Somebody's <laughs> got to go back there, and then you know it's it's kind of like a rotation. So, how many people
5: are you saying you know the usual suspects who see groups out on the street? Mm-hmm. How many people are
2: we talking? you probably probably about. Well, depends, about 30, maybe maybe 40. So some of them, some of them it's deliberate. I mean, they wait for us. <laughs> I don't <laughs> understand what the, the issue, I mean, I tell people, some of them get upset because, so the streets are close to 30 feet wide. Our blades are 10 feet. If we could make three passes, that would be ideal, but we usually make four. They go in left, right, right, right. To split the roads because we Troy doesn't want us driving on the other side of the road, you know, backwards to traffic. So we go in left, left goes in, then right, right, and then come back out right on most of the roads. So most roads get scraped at least four times. Some of the narrower ones, like George Street, that one's easy because that one's only about twenty-five or twenty-seven feet wide, so we can get it done in three passes. But at ten feet, they need to wait till we're completely done. But see, they see us go by and we clean off one. And they're right out there at the end of their driveway cleaning it off. And then they get upset because we're coming by. Well, we were not all the way to the edge. And our edges get shorter and shorter as that pile gets up there on the top. And so our only avenue to get over that is to pick up our speed. And so we pick it up. And we're probably between 25. They can be at 25 miles an hour to get it to throw over. And we have the tallest blades that there is. So, um Ours are actually the same height as what, like the city of Iowa City is. Is there a different design? We have a little. I feel we have a little more throwing power than they do. They have a little more downforce pressure, but we have more throwing distance. I mean, we could put it on their sidewalks if we wanted to, but they really get <laughs> Yeah,
0: I wanted to also say you work closely with the police, and whenever we pass
2: the police, you talk to. We lot. do. And that was actually not much this year. I mean, we didn't have to talk too much. I only yeah. talked, yeah. I mean, the guys check with an officer if they see him out to see if there's any trouble. But literally, mm-hmm. I mean, we only had, I mean, essentially this huge event. I mean, everything else wasn't. And, and sometimes some of these people just need to stay at home. I mean, realistically, I mean, there's no, I mean, I would stay at home. Are you kidding me? <laughs> We didn't have to go out here. I don't go anywhere if there's if there's snow on the ground. And, you know, people look and check your weather patterns before you drive someplace. Some of these people just get in their car and go. And it's nuts. I mean, just because it says all-wheel drive and four-wheel drive doesn't mean you're going to get there.
0: <laughs> well, I wanted to say everybody was working together. And, I mean, neighbors, And they, I'm sure you all have stories about neighbors helping neighbors. And if they didn't have a snowblower, somebody with a snowblower was helping them. And it was really good and I wanted to point out the police too. the police always got here I don't know how they even got in town but somebody always covered for someone if someone couldn't come and I asked them to give me a list of things that they did I knew some of the stories they helped stranded motorists that were on Melrose and Sunset especially and help you know of course they put down sand and salt uh, on inter- intersections or areas where they see cars are having trouble. They helped residents with clearing of paths and sidewalks. It wasn't just elderly people. They were helping anybody. Um, I visited somebody, uh, and I just got to use his name, because I said, how did it go, Harold, with <laughs> the sidewalk? And he said, well, that Daryl came over and said, where's your shovel? Let me help you. And, you know, just really nice stories like that because he was on his way to the hospital and he wanted to get out. I mean, his son was taking him and um, they uh, help, you know, of course, clear any of any obstacles on the road at all. They always make sure that's open. But, you know, I just wanted to thank everybody, neighbors and police and you Mark, for making this event. I mean, it took a lot of patience, but we all made
2: through it. <laughs> we did it. I think everybody did a good job on their sidewalks this year because we didn't have to do yeah, violations really for anybody. And we did. Just a few reminders. We do go around and maybe people, we do. I marked all the storm sewers at the beginning of the year. Because, that was perfect that so you did that. We'll continue to do that because We've gotten into trouble before, especially around Stella's, and we don't know where they are. You can't find them, um, and so we'll continue to do that and just remind people that if they see them, you know they can shovel around them. We get as close, you know, as we can to them reasonably, but we try not to drag the curbs because um, they can do damage to the trucks if we hit, you know, somebody's, you know, the cutout. And I mean, we do have obstacles. I mean, when it starts to freeze like that, the, the panels on the road do move up and down. And we did have a few break. Um, and when we break, that truck goes down for an hour or two. And then, I mean, we're back up. It's not like it's catastrophic. It's it's always on the blade, and it's always like a bolt that holds something on the, <laughs> you know, something important. Um, the angling cylinders break, but we keep spares of those. And so that guy is just out a few, uh, an hour. It usually takes about an hour and a half, and they go and fix it, and they come back. So.
0: Yeah. I don't know, you did a great job. And you also helped, and maybe Chief wants to come up here too, because the three of us met, the Chief and I are on an email from emergency management. And the state of Iowa was trying to get a FEMA fund thing. And we had to come up with early numbers to see if the county would qualify. And uh, Mark helped with that. Uh, we had an hour and a half meeting so that we could work through numbers and everything and so much appreciate your uh, yeah. That actually just
2: made news tonight that they were that it was granted
0: it was it was it said just it was, tonight
2: i saw it on the as i was watching the weather on channel two they were going over the number oh. of counties that it was well,
0: as of it, this afternoon it wasn't right but anyway so. i just thought that was so good for you to go over all those things with us because oh, sure. we, you know, just looking at your. <laughs> no, it's it's that was a
2: lot. I mean, there's.
0: Yeah, there's a lot to was... figure out, and because we have this agenda item about a resolution for the uh, agreement, but Chief was going to talk about.
4: Sure. And that. I, I can very briefly. Go ahead. Thank you, Mark. You Thanks, Mark. Appreciate you Thank. coming. Yes. Do you need anything else?
2: No. Nope. All right. Thanks a lot. with <laughs> those questions. You know ask. Thanks. <laughs> thanks.
4: Thanks. Ian. Thanks, Mark. Uh, I'll touch some things when I get to my report, but as far as the FEMA, yeah. yes, the county uh, and and University Heights have reached out to the entity, the company that helped us through derecho, and that is ER Assist. And I just communicated directly with the client representative, who was my contact last time we are not able, they are not able to enter into a contract with us until after a declaration is made. It has to do with FEMA rules and FEMA timing. Uh, The woman that I deal with, her first name is Susan. She was very helpful. And I'm like, Susan, you're the expert. I'm not. I don't want us to miss any deadlines. And I want to make sure we have everything in order. She said, let me check on some deadlines. But the disaster hasn't been made. The disaster declaration hasn't been made. Uh, it was her understanding that FEMA representatives were going to come in town yet this week to make it, but that, that had changed and it was going to be handled a different way. And it could be as long as three weeks before the official declaration was actually made. And she she was very helpful with me and she encouraged me to call her if I had any questions that she would she would assist me with it personally, but that as far as us entering into any sort of contract with them, for, for assistance that would have to wait until after the declaration. So that's where we are on that. Uh, she was also helpful in addition to our snow removal costs and equipment costs. Uh, the mayor and I talked about, for example, we had due to the extreme cold weather, we lost one car battery. The, the cold weather was when this cast exterior door got was broken off and snapped. Uh, those costs go into a different category, and Susan explained that depending on whether that's included in the disaster, she said it varies on the type of disasters, whether items like that are included. So we may or may not be able to attempt to recover costs. The battery was relatively small in the grand scheme of things. With the door lock, I have spent two weeks now trying to find somebody to do this. I can provide, I can find the provider of the equipment. But long story short, we have a system, I was just talking to Mark about it, that that nobody puts in currently in this area and nobody's services. And the quotes over the phone that I've received are anywhere from a few hundred dollars to $2,000 to $10,000. So we don't know where we are on that. I have talked with the mayor about putting in mechanical locks and she said it was the council's desire and her desire when this building was put up to have the access type that we have. So we're still working through that. But bottom line is, I have Susan to rely on to help guide me through the process uh, up until such time as a disaster proclamation is made. And if that does happen, then, then she and I and Steve and the mayor can talk about uh, entering into a contract with the assist if that's what we choose to do. So that's where we are in that process. <laughs> okay, thanks, Chief. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, thanks. any questions about any of that? Um, okay, we'll go back to finance. And this. Then- do, do
1: you want to do the resolution?
6: you want, do you do you want to
1: do the resolution for this?
6: Well, yes, yeah, we well, do that. You no, know, so we'll. Okay. Defer to yeah, we're yeah, we're, we're not.
0: Okay, got, yeah, it. There- I was at- I got
7: it. Sorry. So there was office. not a. So, did you guys look up what happened in terms of the declaration?
6: Uh, it looked to me like the uh, news report from this afternoon where the governor had made the formal request. Yeah, really I'm looking right at the <laughs> Not. I don't think it's been. I don't, the, don't the, think it's been put in news. Not that, in my email. That's either. what I found.
7: Um, I would just say for I, I have a report that's kind of the basic version of what we what Steve elaborated on. So I think we can go to Steve's. first.
1: Yeah,
3: first, let's see. I'll get there. So give me a sec. Um pretty much I've got two things to go over. Uh, first of all, the, uh, the budget process calendar, some of the things that we've done last couple of years, uh the process sign of the same uh, are some changes. One of the biggest changes was the world, Deadline for the completion of the budget has been moved from March 3rd, March third, so April 30th. Um, so I, I'm gonna go over that and then I'll spend a little bit of time going over the levies. This is just, what we're doing tonight is the same stuff that we've done the last couple of years on property class levies. Um so what we want to do is we wanna we wanna decide tonight. For, uh, there's no formal resolution for it or anything, but we need to decide you know the dates, themes for the publication. And those will be the lock the maximum rates that is to you know, so in the department management. So um you'll go over that. Uh one thing that has not changed in the process is, is when we get down to actually approving the budget, if there's some reason or need to lower a levy rate for any of these levies, we're allowed to lower the rate. You cannot increase it anymore. So what we're doing is deciding on the maximum approval, so, like so, so I'm just going to go over this sheet. I'm not going to read it line by line here. Um, you know, the first part here is, uh, tonight we're going to do property tax levies and then next month's meeting in march will be a discussion of the full budget for everything right now, i probably have about 90 percent maybe ninety-five percent of everything into the budget um ryan sent me some information just the other day i to mean, put that together i looked it over it looks about the same as always and so and then also Troy needs to get me some more information on the police department because it should be coming pretty soon. So, so, we'll have a full budget on, uh, discussion on March 12th. Uh, so, what we're going to do tonight after my discussion on the two publication items is we need to set the date of the public hearing for property tax levy. That public hearing is going to be on April 2nd. As a special meeting. Uh, let's see, going on here, we have um, let's see, on the third in the section here, completion of the proposed X levy information. That's what I need to do. What we decide tonight, I go into the online file. Uh sooner the better. By March 5th, it's been recommended by the department of management to get that information locked into the file. AND THEN I CREATE THE PUBLICATION FOR THAT APRIL SECOND MEETING, AND THEN WHAT what THE DEPARTMENT MANAGEMENT DOES IS TAKES ALL OF THOSE LEVY RATES, AND THAT WAS WHAT I WAS TALKING ABOUT. WE'RE ALL GOING TO GET A POSTCARD SOMETIME LATE MARCH. Uh, THE COUNTY AUDITOR HAS TO mail out it's gonna be some kind of a little postcard thing it's a truth and tax levy information thing so where depending on where you live and the tax jurisdictions you fall under. Um, probably for University Heights, you're going to get a letter that's going to say the University Heights, the first levy is this, the school district is this, Kennedy, and any other levying agencies, and you get to see that the know these That's what that process is. That's me this year, and it will be done every year going forward as long as that's really what the process is. So, anyway, um, Let's see, publication for the April 2nd meeting has to be done in the time frame of March 13th to the 23rd. Um, Like I said, once I get this information in the file, I'll generate that publication and send it to Mike. Also, the next line, public hearing notice. Also, this is emphasized at the uh, uh, property tax workshop I went to in November, that public hearing, hearing notice must be posted on the city's website and in social media usually I if the city does the security or any of those that you have to put that on those on the same day that it will be published. So I will be working with both of you. so we get it on the day before
0: day. or not the day after, but the exact day. That
3: day. So it's going be published March 16th.
1: <laughs>
0: I told them Lisa was on it. She'll okay. be on it. She precise. We always have to it on the website. The part I'm she on that. that is you must permanently remain on the website.
6: Is that like? For eternity?
3: That's how that house file law was getting that permit. It's not under that budget when you it on the website. That notice is going to cutting that same section where those are. And it says it must be permanently maintained. So that's that's a new provision. Sure. <laughs> okay.
6: So,
3: anyway so anyway i'll coordinate that between the two of you um if if anything comes up in the next uh say about a week i'm not going to complete the file until probably about the end of next week which would be whatever that is february 23rd somewhere there, I don't want to wait till March 5th because the sooner you get it in the state, that helps with the information of the county. So, we'll work on a date for the publication. um uh, if, if either of you are going to be gone in that period of May 13th like to the, the 23rd, let me know so yeah. I don't pick a date where everybody's out of town yeah. or something. So, uh, let's see, April 2nd. Okay, we will have. Two special meetings. First, special meeting this is the uh, first one will be the special meeting on proposed tax levies. Um, it's also required that this is the only action item that actually action and discussion item that can be on the agenda that night. So we will have a one item agenda, we'll call and dismissal are allowed. <coughs> Close the
0: meeting and have another special meeting.
3: Yeah. The same so, night. Right. But then we have to have another special meeting to set the date for public hearing for the budget on April 23rd. We cannot combine. Them. It's under the theory that the only thing that can be discussed in this first meeting is what the levy rates are. So we can't discuss any other part of the budget or anything strictly that publication item the way they go tomorrow so that's why we have to have two special meetings so anyway once we get past all of that then we're back on the old process uh april twenty third we will have the that will be the uh public hearing and the adoption of the full budget that we basically decide that next nice meeting. So, um, one thing I note that they brought up at that uh, workshop was uh, the first special meeting on April 2nd. We've always had to have a resolution that had to be taken to the county auditor. They say now that a resolution is not required. I don't know what the reason for I guess it has to do with, we can only talk about that. One sheet of paper. Uh, but Like I said, what I send in by the end of next week, that will lock them in at those rates. So that's why we need to basically just move forward on the budget process. So, and then for April 23rd, uh, I'll submit the budget on online through PDFs, and publications, and resolutions and so forth the same thing going down in the auditor. So it's a little a little bit of a different process. It's oh, kind of a little crazy in some parts, but that's it's what we have. So uh, second page, this is just information um, some relevant information. I'm not really going to go through it. But what well, uh in the past we had you know, cities in Iowa have had uh, quite a, I guess, a menu or a smorgasbord of levies to pick from. Um, there was about uh, about a dozen levies that were eliminated out of general fund. Some of those are elected, voted voted levies and some are non voted levies. And they were very specific things like airports. Uh, bridges over the interstate you know, the, over the Mississippi and the Missouri River, things like that. So they pretty much wiped out all of those add-on general ones. They also took away the library levy we've had that for several years. It's for the 27 cent levy, in addition to the eight dollar and ten cent levy. Those are now being compressed into this new combined general fund levy. And this whole process, when I get to one of the forms, what they're what they're trying to do is push all of these general levies covered by this down to eight dollars and ten cents or low. So anyway, um, other levies that we have, like insurance, the payroll tax, benefits, um, and the debt service, those are those were not affected by this legislation. So we can still levy dollar for dollar on those costs that we have levied for the past. Uh, bond sales uh, probably not really affected by this. Uh, all. Bonds issued after July 1, 2023, generally have to be approved by the uh, referendum. There is an exception um, for what is called essential corporate purpose bonds. And those are those categories there, foods, fire, uh, streets, water, sewer, and storm water, Uh, because those are Critical to city the infrastructure, they are not subject to public referendum. So, you we're know, going to the bond street projects and stuff. We'll do that same process as always. Other
6: bond so, purpose,
3: say we're going to build a library or something that's not covered, those have to be approved by voting referendum on. The normal November election date. So. so that's kind of a summary of all the changes. Um, the next two pages, uh, let's see, the first one, this is if draft copy of the notice of the public hearing for the tax levy on April 2nd. Uh this is basically about the same thing we've had before. And, uh, um and then the second page that will be that's the adoption of the budget that will be submitted at the end of April. These are the same same tax dollar amounts and everything. Uh we've got one, two, three, four, five. We have six levies all together. Um, um. Let's see, go through this list here. The combined, okay, let's see. This is along uh, Mike, can you, can you pull that up so you can see just a little bit more at the top? I'm on to explain this. OK, yeah, right this up is, there. This is what, state, this is what uh, has been provided for in uh, House File 718 legislation on condensing these eliminated general levies into the general all into the general um so right there in the middle chart there, are consolidated general fund levy calculations um starting from the left side these are this is for the current year that we're on this for 24 we have $3.37. So that's our $8.10 $0.27 worldwide here. um, Over to the right, far right there, taxable birth percentage. That is the taxable, non, the non tiff taxable value of real estate. Uh, that increased by 3.09%. Uh there, there's uh three levels so on this. Any city that has a growth rate of less than three percent or less does not have to do any reduction. Cities fall between three and six percent have to do uh, a reduction factor of two. And then any cities that are over six percent increase have to reduce that by a by three so we go down on the bottom line there, starting from the left it says maximum maximum allowed combined general fund levy for 25 um go over to the right the revenue growth percentage let's see 1.0%, that's the reduction of the factor of two. 2% from the property value increase. So we're only allowed to increase the general fund revenue by 1.07%, not 2%, This information is all calculated by the state. It's on, a, it's on file. I mean, I, it can't be changed. the management has calculated this all out. And then uh starting at the bottom of the page there. Um yep. a little bit. A little bit yep. These are uh these are the levies here that's on the top, the consolidated general fund. Um, let's see, here we go. Um, <laughs> on the very right and eight point yeah. two dollars and two. cents is what we can levy for the general fund, $8.37, we can only do $8.20 plus cents. The other levies, these are dollar request levies, Um, those, those are not affected by this compression of the gate based on the property tax right. we can you can let it you know, dollars for the rest of the you know, levy see like that sort of those we have specifically pay those bonding costs. Um let's see we have uh we have, we have the ICA and IPERS payroll taxes and other employee benefits. And then we have uh the transit levy one that was not eliminated, so we're able to levy for that. And then yeah. he had the liability insurance. Uh, Are those further down? note about the liability okay. insurance levy, and also the other employee benefits. The other employee benefits is the health insurance and the workers' comp, and we probably over the last course of the past year, uh, some of the uh, I guess, consternation or trouble or something going on in the insurance industry just because of the high cost of several disasters over the last couple of years, for their uh, fire in Hawaii, things like that. And it's kind of, um, it's those disasters have been very costly, and what really it's getting down to is the reinsurance industry. And so back in December, ICAP, which is the Iowa communities insurance pool, it's it's a pool that the state manages to basically cover all the cities to equalize loss across the state. Uh they advise that. Um, because of the turmoil in the insurance industry, they they strongly advised budgeting increase of 30% increase in insurance costs. So, so um, the liability levy, uh, the, the insurance levy went from $10,600 to a little over 14000 and then the employee benefits levy went from about 61000 to about $77,500. Sure is we've I also have, had a have large increase oh, in uh, there it is. Walmart. 22%. We've had large increases two out of the past three years. So uh, we've, been in this, we've been advised that we should probably expect some large increase in insurance. So, so anyway, um, what that does is it actually, with the extra levy. We need to cover the insurance. We have a levy rate, uh, looking at $11 mm-hmm. point .79 mm-hmm. cents per 1,000. That compares to eleven point seventy eight seventy six, so we're only up less than three five cents. Yeah. So, so most of that increase is just attributed both to the um, insurance costs. So, and so to boil it down for council, just
7: make sure we're on the same page. We're just we're not we don't have a whole lot to decide because our levy right now is at the maximum that for the general fund mm-hmm. is it the maximum that it can be, which is already a reduction, as we discussed from like 8.37 and you have the general fund, um, including the library, being that 8.1 plus the 27 for the library. So, I doubt, I mean, that's what we'd be, I guess, discussing tonight, but I doubt we'd want to go below the maximum for the general fund, because it's already being restricted by the House file. And then the rest of them, my understanding is that we have to include a levy of either the lower of the maximum allowed for that particular levy or our budgeted expense, right?
3: Right. And so so that
7: we can always start high and go down. So that's why when we budget in some of this stuff, there's not really a huge downside to do that in a sense right now, and we're not talking about an unreasonable, like with the insurance, an unreasonable increase because that's what we were told would
3: to be a reasonable estimate for this year to, to budget increase. Yeah, if, if you look at the payroll benefits levy, there, it's uh, you know, that only increased by about two thousand dollars. We've got a, we're working with a 3.5% raise factor on payroll, full-time, and three-and-a-quarter part-time. So payroll taxes are in line with you know, pay raises. So that means, that means a new. Um, Yeah, and that, that, that's true about, it's the lower uh, uh the levy rate or the dollars when really. we transit the transit levy now has a 95 cent maximum, but that one is the lesser of dollars needed for 95 cents. That levy was uh, just a shade of the 53 cents. So I mean, you can't levy 95 cents because we don't have another large cost there, but you know the transit cost is real high, then we we probably went in about 95 cents then are there. So, fortunately for five of the six levies, we can left that dollar to dollar. I mean, we don't lose anything there that's on the combined general levy. Uh, I just did a left calculation on that. Uh, what we're getting now versus what we would have been able to get, uh, this law never taken effect. Uh, it had about $15,000 effect this year. Uh, last year was the first step on this. We had a similar... You know, actually somewhere around 20000 So over the two years, we lost about $35,000 off of the general levy. You know, the general fund levy doesn't fit in levy. So, you know, I think it was helpful th-
0: you put these, penciled in these levy rates from the last... Last four years. Three four years. Yeah. And then you can see that well only three to five cents, maybe. It, it
3: pretty much follows a similar pattern and it's going up yeah, four which five is, cents. A I year. think we're better
0: off than a lot of
6: cities.
3: Yeah, because you we, know you read about how much I have the cities projected booms because of this squeezing the body. You know, something, you know, you might think 35000 is not a lot. I mean, to us, you know, it is because we we have a very laser-thin budget. You know, we don't have much surplus built into it or anything, so. so that 35000 yeah, it is just yeah. yeah. <laughs> material, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I have fortunate enough that Mark Worseson said. And that's where we're at on the levy and where we go from here.
0: Any questions, too? I think uh, Nick did a nice job on this report explaining some things ahead of time, too. That was very helpful. And we don't have a resolution this time to accept the maximum levy rate. Mm -hmm. So should we do a simple vote? Well, or I mean, I know we have to set the public
6: hearing. Mm-hmm. I, think have to the public
7: hearing. I, I think we're in agreement that Steve and unless someone pushed pushback on any of these numbers, they're the numbers that he would start compiling. And then we would ask to...
0: And just do on the proposed city maximum property dollars. Letter. Yeah. It's in this resolution. So resolution number 2405, is before the council. Nick, would you like to
3: we'll move for passage as, well as resolution Is a
0: second? Second by Lisa. Any further discussion? Ready for a roll call vote?
3: Gone.
1: Bye. Herbold. Bye. More. Bye. Schroeder's absent. Swales? Bye. Motion carries four zero with one absent.
0: Thank you. And uh let's see i think we covered all three things from you see, you have to be here and then you can go to work with it <laughs> then uh next month on the 12th we'll have a, a discussion of the whole yeah. budget as
3: we have in the past yeah we'll have full nine to 11 pages for cheap all the same stuff is
0: very good. So, Nick, would you want to uh, give anything else? Okay, thank you. We'll go on to uh, city attorney legal report. Steve, are there any questions for Steve? I think his report was just the resolutions that you did. Okay, we'll go to the clerk's report.
1: Um, I don't have anything other to add. the The one item that I put in that isn't usually in there was that proposed legislation, which, Uh, It'll be interesting to see if that makes it into the, makes it into the full chamber. Um, That changing that to, that would allow cities under 70,000 to be able to regulate short-term rental is a pretty big deal. And that would affect us and Iowa City and Cedar Falls and Ames, which are all of the towns that are the most, are experiencing the most issues with that, so. I'm not optimistic, but we'll see what happens.
0: Okay, any questions for Mike? We'll go to the treasurer's report. And Hi, John. You sent around your reports. Any Anything you'd like to say or, re- <clears throat> or any uh, questions for John or something you want to review?
2: Uh, the only thing I want to to add is to the list of warrants as the city's online workspace. Uh, we have an estimate of $820.50. Um,
3: and we're still all, kind of a bit of a paper chase for the invoice. But I wanted to get it off the warrants list so when it does show up, we don't have to wait a month to, okay. to pay the bill. And the city staff loses its workspace online.
0: Okay, so he sent around the warrants list. Are there any additions or corrections? Just that one. Any objections other than what you added? And then is there any objections to pay in the bills? Is there none? The bills will be paid by unanimous consent. Thank you, John. Um, we'll go down to uh,
4: police chief report. Thanks, Mayor. I would like to take a few minutes just to comment on the report under staffing and related issues it's been a long road but eddie and i officer jasmine and i appeared before the academy council uh this past month or early this month and petitioned for waiver to allow him to go through certification by examination rather than attend the 16-week academy there's still a financial cost to it That's not what hurts us. What hurts us is if he has to be gone 16 weeks to attend the academy. Uh, Given his experience in Illinois and our presentation, they did waive that. It was unanimous of vote. So Eddie is both excited and now nervous that he has to pass the staff. (laughs) But that's (laughs) a good thing. Item C under staffing and related issues. And I'm I'm relatively certain you're all aware, but Harold Slade, our longtime crossing guard, his wife, Nancy, passed away. Uh, early this month, and her funeral service was the 7th, and Harold called me up, and uh, I was honored that he asked, and we made it happen. Uh, We provided a funeral escort for uh, her funeral procession. Uh, Skipping down to uh, other items, item C, Kevin Sanders. Kevin got a hold of me early last week and said, Troy, we're having our our weekly I'm sorry our monthly meeting of the NAACP the Iowa City Chapter uh it is Black History Month and I would like to invite you to offer some comments to to start our meeting and again I was I was very flattered and honored by that and of course I said yes and uh that occurred earlier in this past weekend uh ATE update I think Ryan might be able to comment on I'm not sure on this more he's he's working with them as far as the proposal and can maybe have a better sense of time i'm not sure uh city attorney ballard and i met and reviewed documents with with another representative of Genoptics. optics i need to follow up with steve and see if he had any concerns once i forwarded those to him i don't know if you all saw or not but tomorrow uh, there had been as there have been in years past there had been a bill introduced uh, prohibiting use of automatic traffic enforcement uh, cameras, and I'm not really sure. I believe it was tied in there as far as license plate readers. That bill did not advance, but it was recently reintroduced and subcommittee hearing is on it tomorrow at 8.15. I am doing my best, even as I sit in the back of the room, to rearrange my schedule so I can be at that subcommittee hearing. Uh, I, All of my contacts that I've spoken with about this think that there is very little chance that it makes it out of committee, but it's just something I want to pay attention to and I want to be there. So I wanted to let you all know about that, and if you're interested, it's House Study Bill 707. Yes, sir?
6: If I may, so the, the, the force behind this, this guy is a senator uh, named Brad Zahn, and he has, this, as Chief Kelsey said, every every year, at least every session, brings this up. and He never really hasn't gotten anywhere. This year, he combined that... Uh, that effort to prohibit automatic traffic enforcement devices with uh, with a, a bill that would require uh, or would permit only hands free uh, like cell phones. Okay, it which is pretty popular in a lot of other states. And of course, so you've got families down there who lost loved ones to distracted driving saying, "Please pass the bill to make hands, make only hands free cell phones available." And the senator saying. If you want to vote for that, you gotta uh, uh traffic videos too. And then you've got these people saying, Come on, don't do this to us. And just we need this. And if you want that, we'll get that on your own. But he's not he's not listening to that. And uh, how that plays out with the reintroduction of the subcommittee rules that they see, but that's kind of the that's the new twist this year.
4: Right. His bill had been kicked out uh, by the public safety committee or it hadn't advanced and it'd been referred to transportation. Uh, but then it was just reintroduced uh, and and so out there's discussion on it tomorrow uh, a house study session so again it, hopefully I can be up there and if not I will participate by Zoom but my preference would be to actually be present skipping down to the snowstorm I want to comment a few th- uh, add a few comments and build on what Mark had said uh, you know we talked about residents pushing snow out into the street. If he's saying that they're seeing the plow come by and they're pushing it out, that might be occurring. They're not, to my knowledge, pushing it out. There's certainly not 30 people blowing snow out of the street. Uh, I spoke with with Lisa after some of the heavy snowfall and somebody in her neighborhood had used a skid loader to push it across the street. I offered to address it. She said her husband had already taken care of it. Uh, We address those issues when we see it. I receive i won't say that it's 30 complaints but i receive uh, residents are frustrated again there was two feet of snow they're out there trying to clear the end of their driveway or especially those that are on up the street from you doug who are trying to clear along oak crest for the children and they're doing their best to clear it in like mark said maybe the first pass they do a truck or they do two lanes and then they come back and they clean it up and residents feel like they've been out there shoveling and shoveling and shoveling to clear it only to have a truck come by and redeposit snow and now instead of it being fluffy easy to shovel stuff it's it's frozen and it's hard and there's I mean it, it was a unique snowstorm it was 24 inches of snow roughly uh there were struggles all over the city there were struggles in this back lot. the police department helped with that uh, in a variety of ways so I, I don't think it's a routine occurrence I actually was pretty impressed with the way the residents did get out and clear their walks we dealt with three properties that did not clear snow i listed two of them because those we actually gave 24-hour notices to cure basically uh there was one other property down on mahaska court the the property that sits there on the corner of mahaska court in oakcrest they are out of town but chris acres was able to track down a number for them and call them and they had arranged for snow removal with the same company that OUP has arranged snow removal with and, and they were just completely overwhelmed. That one was also taken care of. Technically they did not get a 24 hour notice. Uh, the only place that that Mark, that's not true, but, but Marietta was an issue for us. That's uh, we do permit parking for the city there. Uh, there's just no place to put snow and we were a little slower to clear that than I would have liked. Add to that that Grandview Court Apartments did not clear snow for several days, nearly a week after after the event, and people struggled to get their cars out of their lot and then didn't want to take them back in the lot, so parked on Marietta, and we issued a bunch of tickets. Anybody that has got a hold of me that we've talked through, uh, I, if I felt that it was appropriate to dismiss the ticket, I, I have. It was just a unique event, so... I I just wanted to follow up with some of the comments he said about the residents. Uh, We've already touched on the ER assist uh, and trying to get guidance from them. The last thing I'd like to comment on when I was rereading this, uh, many of the meetings and events I go to are productive. Some of them I go to because it's important that we're represented. One that I went to that I look forward to going to and I look forward to being invited back to every year is the readathon down at Horn Elementary? Uh, Sarah o'sullivan former counselor, uh, invited me back to do that, that this year. I was there February fifth, the morning of February fifth, and read to the kindergartners. And I, I'm sure, I took twice as much time as they allowed. it allowed for me but <laughs> as I was reading this. I, it's one of the favorite events that I attend every year, and I didn't even include it on my meeting was, So that's all I have, unless there's any questions for me. All right, thank, thank you very you.
6: much.
0: Uh, do you have anything else, Stephanie? Okay, we'll go on to engineer's report. And Doug, did you want Ryan to line with Yeah, I think we'll hear
3: him uh,
6: earlier.
5: Yeah, uh, thanks, Mary. I, I didn't have a whole lot on my report on the ATE system. Uh, it's probably the main thing. So we uh, sent back some comments in January, and uh, I, I got some emails today, actually, uh, for resubmittal stuff. So uh, we'll we'll get those reviewed in the next few days, and then um, I I think we should be pretty close ready to issue comment for the installation of the ATV. permits. The company has the contractor on board, and so it's seems like it's moving ahead here pretty soon. So that's probably the only update there. And then I guess I just would like to thank uh, Chief Kelsey and the police department. Uh, just in the last couple of days, they've, uh, officers have called me with the, there was a water leak, water break on Oak Crest. And uh, there's a street light issue on George and Marietta. It sounds like it's flashing overnight pretty, pretty brightly. Intensive, so I've contacted Mid AM and we've contacted IRC City Water Department the So appreciate those guys looking out for all those things. And that's that time of year. <laughs> that's really all it's i have.
0: So um, any questions yeah. for mine <laughs> Well, you'll we'll have a lot to talk about next month with the street projects and okay? things. Yeah, right. we'll say that. So, yes. Okay. So, okay. Take me around. Uh, Doug,
3: do you have anything to add? Well, well it was actually three or one. I got all the strong grains, which is kind of nice. It's a yeah. it selection, so it's was uh it automatically. Thanks repair. for being in a
0: few of them out. Yeah, I yeah. got <laughs> And uh building zoning and sanitation, Tim sent around an email before he left. There's a few points in it. Uh in his report. And uh, Lisa sent around a government report. Uh, any questions for Lisa? thank it's like the 5 and like spring and spring. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's hope it's going towards spring.
3: Do we have the spring cleanup scheduled yet?
6: Mm-hmm. that's one of my I'll favorite city events
0: Mine too. and I talked to the mayor about it and I think she's gonna get yeah. of course okay. and you talking about the best oh yeah I know it's on my list it's top right. of my next this next sheet sorry babe. I have <laughs> okay. I, I I've got it down but I'm I'm going to look into it. It's a little harder contacting that company now than it used to be. But I found a pretty good connection. Some people keep quitting. (laughs) And so, you know, but they have some good hires and they're they're doing a better job. I think they're improving. So that's good. So I'll, uh, I'll keep Lisa notified so we can get a date pretty soon for the cleanup. And announcements, any announcements? Uh, I wanted to announce that I was elected a chair of the MPO Urbanized Area Policy Board. And I wanted to say that because that's pretty good honor for University Heights to get that chair position. And they have a lot of trust in University Heights to, you know, and, I, and I'm honored to share that and then the Especially other thing is there any six other six
7: well i think mean, the yeah. march 12th meeting is during university right. by the spring break <laughs> I, 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 no, that was for sure <laughs>
0: are you going somewhere
7: i will probably with would, would jump on yeah,
3: yeah.
0: oh you could be zoom i'd probably be. well i know I that
3: know.
0: doug goes every year and i asked doug and i started thinking about you because i thought i think you do a yeah. family break okay so as long as we don't have three people on zoom right i mean a phone or whatever that used to be the you know we need three here so yeah and i think tim's planning on being here since he took his vacation in february so that we should be fine (laughs) thank you for yeah saying that and uh, is there any objection to adjournment? Hearing none, the meeting's adjourned by unanimous consent. Thanks everyone.